You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Kerr. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. My book, Past Lives with Pets, was just awarded the 2021 Coalition of Visionary Resources Award in the animal and pet category. It got the silver medal. Thank you so much for all of your support of my book. I am grateful. My friend George Norrie says, Dr. Shelley Care's Past Lives with Pets connects people to their pets in a way few people have ever experienced before, through past lives. She makes a case that our animals are with us for a reason. The grief recovery processes are invaluable for anyone who loved and lost a cherished animal. That's from George Norrie, Coast to Coast AM. So my book will give you guided imagery exercises where you can discover how you knew your pet in the past. And if you have loved and lost your beloved animal, I'll help you go through a very gentle grief recovery journey that can really help you in this very, very difficult time. So check out my book, Past Lives with Pets, and thank you in advance for your support. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hey, dear one. I hope you're having a great week. So it's almost Halloween. It's coming up. And I think you may know I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we have an amazing metaphysical expo that comes to town a couple times a year. And it's going to be coming up again on October 30th. It's called the Holistic Festival of Life in Plano, Texas. And it's a costume party this year. I absolutely cannot wait to dress up in a costume and go out in public. So I just could not resist going to this expo. And I hope that if you're in the area, you'll stop by and see me. And of course, as per always, we have a special, special guest today. My dear friend, Dr. Kak Young is here and also a very (laughs) unusual guest, her cat, Spirit. Spirit wrote, that's in quotation marks, thank you very much, um, a very juicy memoir about his life as a cat. And so I know some of you are going to think this is completely ridiculous, 
But I hope that you'll find it funny because we need more laughter in the society. And as always, if you go over to YouTube, you'll be able to watch this exciting spectacle take place in person. And if you're over on my YouTube channel, please consider subscribing. I'm very close to getting my thousand subscribers and then I can start to do a lot more with my channel. And I do want to hear from you. If you enjoy these interviews that I'm doing, that's great. If you'd like to have more of just you and me talking together, which I'm going to be doing a season of just you and me coming up. Right now I'm finishing up um, a new book project. And so as soon as that's done, I'm going to do some more recording for you. So stay tuned for that. But meanwhile, let's go ahead and settle in, and I hope you enjoy my first interview with a cat, Spirit, and his mommy, Dr. Keck Young. So let's check it out. Hey, dear friends, I we are breaking in right now to give you a special report. We have a special, special guest here today. We've got Spirit the Cat and his wonderful Mombly, the phenomenal and wonderful hey. Kat Young is here. Spirit has a new autobiography. This is incredible. From Street Life to the Sweet Life. And I can tell you, Biscuit has read this book and he thinks it's phenomenal. You will be able to go out to Instagram and see Biscuit enjoying the book. Um, he is catnapping at the moment and signing autographs, but we are pleasurely or pleasantly surprised to see Spirit the Cat is gracing us with his presence. Spirit, welcome to Healing Arts. You're so wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, that is adorable. And I've enjoyed, Spirit, I've enjoyed your pictures on Facebook, your stories in this book. They're absolutely adorable. So Spirit tells the tale of being plucked up off of the streets and how he kind of did tear around for a while until he finally realized that he's got the best mother on the planet and he won the lottery during this one of his many lives that he's had. So, well, that is so cute. Yes, he was. Uh, he was he says, I have fans. I have adoring fans. And he's got to get back to autographing more of his books. Yes, he's just left. He, he may come visit us in a moment. Yeah, um, friends, Kat and I have been trying to, you know, round up cats, herding cats. It's a difficult job, as we know. Um, I can't get this one to come in unless I don't want him here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you may hear a sound in the background. Spirit loves the copy machine and he loves to push it and then make copies of just all kinds of random things that might be in the copier at that time. So you may be graced by his, uh, his mechanical abilities a little bit later. <laughs> that is so sweet. I really love this book. Um, it made me smile at a time when God knows, I think everybody needs a smile and a laugh. As you know. Well, thank you for that. You know, he, uh, uh, he really did write this. I mean, by the very fact of his behavior and his attitude, he absolutely wrote this book. Um, I was his typist. It was very funny. He had 
all kinds of reactions. He came here. Well, he had a tough street life. I mean, he, he was found in South Central LA and it's a very busy place and it's uh, noisy and there's a lot of uh, street traffic and stuff going on all the time. So cats have to be very careful. And there's a wonderful rescue downtown called Kitty Bungalow. It's Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats. And they happened to have this uh, kitty on their site. And I saw him and said, oh my goodness, I think we have to bring him home. And then he told me his whole story. He told me how he was, uh, his mom got lost and it was just him and his siblings and they were picked up. Uh, well, he, you know, he, he had to use his charm early on in his life in order to get food and he tried local restaurants and he would hang around and look really cute in a kitty kind of way and then he um they they finally trapped him in the uh, the trap the trap neuter rescue plan that they have and then they were going to then they find foster homes for the little kittens and his brother was adopted before him um someone took in his sister little gracie they took uh her in off the street so that was good but then his brother and he had to roam around until they were trapped and then then they were taken care of by kitty bungalow and that's where we found him and that's where his story with us began um but he was a wild feral cat and he <laughs> turned every room he was in into a gymnasium and it began, and that's where his story here began, uh, us trying to welcome him um, and still have uh, fixtures on the ceiling by the end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, you um, look at that little face and then you read um, Spirit's memoir over here and it's like, wow, he really kind of was quite a character there when he first arrived at your house, ripping up everything. Yes, he was. Yes, he decided that if it wasn't nailed down, he was going to move it around. And so that became something to write about and share with other people because um, I have been very fortunate in other cats that I have adopted that they haven't come in, um, you know, like a bonk, bronco buster and he was different. So it required a lot of different approach to him. And he was smart, street smart, he was just an old soul in a young body and he wanted no part of my idea of what his behavior should be. So we had to work it out together in a high form of negotiation. And I think if he could write me a reference letter, I would apply to the United Nations for my ability I think you're earning saint status. I was already going to put you there, but now I know for sure. Yes, you're winning a medal of honor for this because I was like, wow. I mean, you have had the patience of a true saint with some of the things that readers can enjoy in well, this salacious memoir. Yeah. And he's, he was so captivating. He sort of like brought me, uh, he's made me a better person too. I've had to really think about things before reacting and, and screaming at him, you know, what's the alternative? And so it's been very fun. And I thought I, uh, that we should write about it. So we did, we wrote 
both our sides to the various conversation. And that's what we published. And the people who have read it have been very supportive and very positive about it and said that it's a real interesting book and people are now purchasing it for their kids because there's a lot of life lessons in it and a lot of fun and a lot of laughter. And he is a smart Alex. So <laughs> that little you face get... though. I mean, I was honestly shocked when I read this, that he was that wild. Cause I mean, I looked at that little face, that little fuzz face. It looks so innocent and sweet, you know? Yes, exactly. You cannot judge a book by its cover. Apparently not. I mean, now, obviously he's shaped up a little now, but the other thing I want to say about like the beginning of the book where he's talking about, you know, what is it like to be on a street where you're all by yourself and you're with your brothers and sisters and now they're disappearing and you're all on your own. That was really kind of a tearjerker. I mean, you know, in a way, if you really, you really, spirit has allowed us to go into their heads let's say, and see what that would really feel like if your family members, you didn't know anyone, you're out there on the streets just trying to charm your way into a meal. I mean, that's some hard times. That's some hard times. And they they can't talk. They can't voice their opinions. I mean, it's, it's a metaphor for our whole society. And at some time in our life, we feel or we even are homeless. So sometimes we have those feelings and it helps us to deal with it and to be able to understand that, you know, every creature uh, has that experience at some time in their life in some form. Yeah, because animals have feelings and they do care about their loved ones. We know that. I mean, they're just like we are. And, and the other thing I like is, you know, this is a definite story of, you know, rags to riches, let's face it. And just the idea of redemption that you can, you know, no matter where you start out, you can wind up with the best mumbly in the world, in the universe and live this fabulous life, no matter where you started from. And even if you're ripping up things and acting like a nutcase, you can calm down and enjoy the beautiful life that you've been given. Yeah. And I think too, the lesson from, you know, from the human side is that a lot of people would have taken spirit back and said, you know, he's just too feral for me. But there are tools, there are pheromone collars, there are things you can do, there are uh, techniques and to help them adjust. I mean, he was wild, he had no confines. And now he comes here and it's his third place and he's confined. So of course he's going to try to rebel. And I think that talking about the tools from the human side that, you know, what's, what we have at our disposal to help the cats is uh, important too, because um, life is just not easy anywhere, but we do have the way to be able to deal with it. And that's why Spirit and I wrote this book is because we want to say, look, life isn't perfect, but you make the best of it and you go forward and then you develop great bonds of love, camaraderie, and you teach each other lessons. I mean, he continues to teach me a lesson and you can hear him in the background uh, agreeing with everything we're saying. Yes. Uh, he teaches me lessons every single day. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And you make a great point. I mean, you know, 
when you love someone enough, then you can look past their behaviors and just give them a chance. And then something really beautiful emerges from that. And that should apply to animals, people, neighbors, all people, you know, we're all redeemable and we all have something worth loving. And speaking of that also, I must now remember other tools. Kat has an amazing book called One Minute Cat Manager. Now, I've already told Kat that my cat apparently is managing me because he's very spoiled, but she's got great tips in here. And you mentioned like, yes, the pheromone collars. So you put a pheromone collar on Spirit and that kind of took him down a notch. Tell us if people are not familiar with that, how that works and why something like that is so helpful. All right. A pheromone is something like we have in our, in our own bodies, you know, we have um, oxytocin and we have uh, different hormones that we can stimulate in our bodies. And that makes us feel better and calmer. Uh, so there are pheromones in spray cans. Uh, the brand name is feel away. And then there's other ones that have this collar that you can put on uh, a cat and it, it makes them feel calm. It makes them feel uh, like everything's all right, that, you know, it's a rosy day. So that's, I think, very important to know about because it can help them adjust better. And, uh, and I love those products. And they also have them um, in wipes that you can wipe the inside of their, their cage or their container if you're taking them to the vet, for example. And that's very handy because then they're calmer and you don't have to give them a chemical or a pill or any of that. Right. You know, it just can work naturally with the cat. Yeah, I've used the spray, just a little sprayer before to spray before taking um, the cat to the vet. I can't remember which cat this was. Biscuit doesn't normally need to go to the vet, thank God. So um, but yeah, I think it, I know that that actually works because I've seen it myself. It is shockingly wonderful because you do. First of all, nobody wants to try to give pills to a cat if they value their hands, you know, obviously. Um, and again, you don't want to do it anyway. So this is just so much better, I think. I do too. And I think that the, um, you can also, you know, if, if you're moving, for example, then you can spray it around a room where the cat's going to be or, or on their bedding. And it just makes them feel much uh, happier about everything. So I like that. It's a tool that helps a cat and it's not very expensive. And then everybody's happy. Yes. You also mentioned something about um, the quality of cat litter and that these clumping litters are not good because it gets stuck in their paws. So can you tell us about that and what could people use instead? Of sure. Uh, there is a, a guideline that the, the really fine clumping litters aren't good for young kittens. They say up until about six months, but I say until their paws are are larger and they don't quite get caught and that they can shake them off, shake it off better. But I think wait till a year, you know, use a, use a, either a, uh, if you want to go real natural, there's some pine chips you can use. There are some other natural cedar chips that you can use. Um, but I wouldn't use those for young kittens either. I would stick with a clay like a Johnny cat because those, uh, they won't stick in their paws. They generally don't eat them. They can't ingest them. But little kittens 
for the clumping litter, they will lick their paws and they will get that clumping litter in them. And then what does it do? It clumps. So that's, you know, you don't want it inside your kitten. So just do that for the, don't, don't let them have that clumping litter for the first year. Now, if you have other cats and you're bringing a kitten in, absolutely use the Johnny cat for everybody until uh, the kitten's at least a year old. And then, then you're not going to have other internal problems with, for kitty. What, what do you recommend for like nutrition for cats? Do you, I, I think spirit was getting to eat soft food and crunchy food and what kinds would you recommend that people give that's healthy for most cats? Well, that's really a toss up, isn't it? It's, you have to read the ingredients on the back of the, of the, uh, uh, of the packages and you can't just look at the, the marketing on the front that says, you know, all <laughs> natural, healthy, wholesome, da, 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 or you buy it from a, uh, you know, a particular store. You, that's an individual thing. I would check with your vet because some products are not nationally made. They're only made locally and shipped locally. So that's something that you're going to have to look at, but definitely go for things that are high protein that have some grain, but not all grain. Uh, they use a lot of corn in and cornmeal in pet foods, both dog and cat. And you want to stay away from that. You want to really let them have their carnivores. So they need to have meat. They need to have protein. They need to have those things that sustain all of their organ functioning. Um, I mean, I use uh, Blue Wilderness here. I also yeah. use a holistic chicken food for the cats. I have two little canisters of dry food and then I feed them wet food, but I feed them high quality wet food and I feed them natural uh, foods, uh, not that much of the wet food because mm. I like them to have the crunch. It keeps their teeth clean. It, it's an entertainment. It gives them something to do. So they're going to spend more time eating and the, the pellets are small so they don't scarf their food and then throw it up. So there's a lot of good things to have both, to have a little bit of the of the chewable food and to feed them the high protein, high quality um, fish or chicken or turkey or duck products. Okay. And you talk also about um, like when Kitty gets older and putting little stair steps so kitties can get up to different places. Cause I, I read a long time ago, kitties really want to be high up and they want to kind of, you know, lord over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Well, kitties, um, kitties feel safest when they have an overview because then they can see, you know, they're hunters by nature. So they can see their prey. They can have a look of what's going on. So the one of the great things to do is to give them a shelf of their own, a shelf that you don't have your books on, but easy access up to there or put in a window shelf that's carpeted that they can get to. I mean, if you don't want them on your kitchen counters, you have to distract them and give them a place of their own that is really fun for them and a place that they like. And then you don't use that to store your stuff on. I mean, that's their area. And as kitties get older, you know, we have to look at their lifespan and their life is crammed into a short amount of years. You know, let's round it off and say 15 to 20 years is a really good life for a cat. And they that means they're in their 80s, 90s and up to 100. 
So their little bones are going to get a little bit uh, stiffer. Their muscles are going to atrophy a little bit. So you need to keep them active. You need to keep them on vitamins. You need to make sure that maybe they have some olive oil or, or fish oil in their diet that enables them to really stay lubricated inside. And then you want to make life easy for them. If it's hard for them to get up the stairs or to get onto the bed, that's going to make them, you know, reluctant to do that. So uh, all this stuff is under, you know, 40, 40, $50. You can buy a little carpeted mm -hmm. stairs and then they can make their way up to the bed or to the sofa or where you allow them to be. And that's really uh, the kindness we can do for our kitties. Yeah, it's sad to think because it feels like it was just yesterday, but Biscuit's already, you know, probably 12 or 13 years old already. Uh, I just can't believe I've had him since he was about, you know, six months old. And so he's already been having some of these difficulties, you know, so I put kind of some chairs. He has a window where he sleeps in the window, right? So, and he gets to eat there because God forbid, you know, he has to do what he wants, but I had to put a chair there and you can kind of suggest, you know, Hey, what's up? You know? So it took him a while to kind of take the clue as you know, but now it looks like I'm going to have to start putting some more of those around and putting more of his little snacks that he likes to, he likes to go hunt things. He only likes to drink out of like really nice glasses and stuff. He's very high maintenance. And I carry him around all the time anyway. So yeah, I'm, oh, I'm just see. noticing those things. And you know, the other thing I've noticed, um, the cat I had before him, Goo and him, they, you know, they get to the point where they're having a hard time with their little claws retracting and stuff. So that he'll get it stuck. I think they, it's, they want to pull it back, but it's like, no, you have to unhook it, you know? And I go, oh, so every now and then I have to unhook him from something now. And I'm like, oh no. You know, but that's part of the yeah. thing that happens when we love these animals is they will not be here as long as we will be. That's right. That's right. And and if we do adopt a young child, a young kitten and we're older, then we need to make arrangements for that cat. If we are, are you know, if it's going to live beyond us, we need to make sure that we've created a will or a pension for the cat and have another place for it to go to, to a loving home. Because I see so many cats end up in shelters, especially during this pandemic people, their owners have died and the, you know, the kids or the relatives just take the cat to the shelter. And there you have a 12, 13 year old cat in a shelter who's number one, his heart is broken because his, you know, his companion is gone, but then it, it, he has a tough chance of being adopted. And then all of a sudden, you know, if it's a high kill shelter, shelter he'll be euthanized. And, and then his heart's going to break twice. You know, what did I do? What happened to me? What, what, what did I do wrong? And then this cat suffers emotionally so deeply if we don't also prepare for their legacy. Yeah, we really do. I have some friends who have macaws and, and things like that. Those really will outlive people. So you yeah. do have to make arrangements really for all of your animals. I mean, you just don't know what's around the corner and you're exactly right. It is. It's so sad. Um, this just happened to a friend of mine, a family member passed. So they're going to take the dog. Okay. Well, that's good, but that just doesn't always happen. And you do see that a lot in these shelters. I mean, it's just the saddest thing in the world. 
Yeah, a year ago, uh, my one of my little dogs passed. Uh, he had Cushing's, and mm. so the immediate thing was to look for an older dog. And we um, we adopted an eleven and a half year old uh, dog that is so fabulous. He's a he was a Bichon. I don't know how he got away from whatever, but he was a he's a Bichon. He's the most adorable, loving, amazing, grateful dog ever in the world. And, uh, you know, I decided just adopt a senior dog and he's just been a, a gift, a total gift. And he chases spirit everywhere. So the two of them, the, you know, the youngest and the oldest are just stirring it up. So what are you going to do? <laughs> You've got one extreme to the other. I think it's a great, um, it's a great thing to do is to go out purposely and say, I want to adopt an older animal because you know maybe you don't want a kitten you know breaking in the house or something you know you'd like someone who's a little more chillaxed in the house and kind of taking it easy and that that is a really good thing to do absolutely especially I think I have a friend whose dog passed away and he's been looking for a new dog for quite a while but he definitely wants to get an older dog because he doesn't feel again with a dog you're gonna have to take all that time to train them and and things like that but sometimes you know these older animals are they're already trained they're wonderful and they're just so deserving of love i mean yes and we don't know what happened in their life that brought them to the shelter or to that place but yeah showing compassion to an older dog is or an older cat is one of the best things we can do absolutely yeah i just want to um Friends, we need to support these books because, you know, you do a lot of work with your um, kitty rescues and things like that. And there's a lot of really good tips in, in these books for all of us who love our animals. How can we love them better? How can we better be better stewards of them while they are gracing us with their presence? And really, like you said earlier, I mean, you know, we're taking care of them, but aren't we really getting so much more in love and lessons and just companionship? It's, it's just such a blessing in our life to have these little fuzz balls around. It is. And in the one minute cat manager, it's again, um, learning how to be, take a human perspective, but go into the cat's world, seeing life through a cat's eyes and feeling the emotions knowing what goes on for them, and then being much more aware of their little reality. So that book is all about, uh, I was, you know, busy at a, at a television studio, and I was traveling a lot, and my cat was suffering. So I took my own advice by doing the one minute manager and applying it to to my kitten and she and I worked this out and it changed our lives it became this amazing technique the one minute cat manager so and I've put in also in the book things about their personalities things about their behavior how to recognize um uh, their looks, their actions, their, yes. you know, their body postures. I put all that in there so that we could understand their reality and what's going on for them. And like you said, they like to be ab above, but imagine living your life on the floor and having to look up at the world. So I also suggest, you know, just get down on your hands and knees and walk through your house, look at 
see see your their environment your your collective environment through their eyes and see what that's like and what's scary and what's not and and there's just ways that we can make the 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 environment safer for the cats and also more enjoyable for them without uh you know ruining the design that we have for our own home so there's lots of things in that book that teaches you about cats about uh, felines in general and about relationships and techniques and how you can manage uh, a cat if it has a certain problem, a certain uh, personality disorder, a certain uh, liking for certain things. It's just all about cat life and cat feelings. And that's important for us to understand. And then we really deepen not only our knowledge, but our relationship with our um, little companions. Absolutely. Yes. I must say the drawings uh, in the book, friends, where she she's drawn out the, you know, different, you know, facial expressions or stances that cats are going to have and what that means. I mean, that's so valuable. And the other part I really loved about this book was that you actually do mention some of the famous people who may be surprising, who were cat owners and cat lovers throughout history. So, so tell us a few of those. Well, the whole reason that we have uh, Maine Coon cats in this uh, in our country is because of Marie Antoinette. She had asked her cats to be boarded on a ship um, in, in the in on the Seine, and she was headed from her home to the boat to escape to the United States when she was captured by the troops and beheaded. So only her cats made it. Marie Antoinette sadly did not. So we have an entire breed of cats here, uh, thanks to uh, the Empress. And I think uh, Mark Twain is famous Twain. for his cats, certainly. Um, Ernest Hemingway, yes. who had the polydactyl cats that there are still a lineage today from his original cats. And just so many people, um, the Bronte sisters wouldn't have written their books the way they wrote them if they didn't have their adoring cats at their feet. So there's um, just a lot of amazing stories of famous people. And I think that when we learn all of that, and there's also uh, bedtime stories for cats uh, in, in that book that I asked all of my writer friends and all of my um, people who work in the industry could they write a bedtime story for a cat? And they all said, oh yeah, sure. So they wrote stories and you have all the stories there that you can read to your cats. Or if you wanna read them to your dogs, you can just change the noun from cat to dog. And, uh, but these little stories are heartwarming and wonderful. And it gives you time yeah. to spend with your cat so that you have a little bit of extra bonding time. And cats love when you read to them. They, they love do. that time. They do. They do like you to talk to them sweetly and, you know, hi, you know, talk to them in these little voices that we have. And they do love to be read to. You're exactly right. I thought that was fantastic also. I mean, and so true. I mean, they just want some attention and then they don't. <laughs> and then they don't. But, but for the time that you're willing to sit down and just relax with them, it's, it's great. You're in cat world for that time because they just, you know, they just give in to the moment. They live completely in the moment. And for that time, you're with them. And it is just very sweet. And uh, um, I find that when I read to my cats, they just appreciate me so much more. Absolutely. Because they just want to curl up and snuggle. That's it. 
That's when it. they want to do that. Here's something that I've thought about, like the differences between cats and dogs, like dog owners would say, well, dogs are more intelligent because when I tell them what to do, they go do it. And cats, they just do what they want. So I've always thought there's a sign of intelligence there when you can tell somebody to go take a hike, you know, and then you just have a totally different personality. I mean, one's going to be loyal and loves everything you do. And the other one's going to pretty much tell you, and this is horrible and kind of um, is a more humbling experience. So what do you, what do you think about that as a cat and dog owner yourself? Yeah, well, it's, um, I just think that they're very different beings and they live completely in the present, you know, watch a cat take a bath and there's your lesson in Zen. I think they are uh, magical creatures and amazing and they, they are attuned to a completely different frequency than we are. So I just wonder where their little minds go and they communicate with each other in thought balls. They communicate with trills and certain, uh, certain vocal vocalizations when they want something when they're young from their mother, uh, but they also communicate in thought balls. And so they communicate in pictures. I would love to be in that universe with them, but that's how they warn each other. That's how they set up uh, perimeters. Certainly if they're feral and they're, work, they're working in a colony, um, it, it, it's a whole uh, different world that I would love to be absolutely part of someday. I would love to be able to just, you know, for a couple hours, just tune into cat frequency. Absolutely. Another thing I've heard about cats, and I've kind of come to understand this myself, is they have a very intuitive sense of people when there's something going on with them that's out of order, and they will gravitate to those people. And sometimes they'll just come right up to that area that's hurting, or, or they'll just be with you. And it's as if they're picking up the un, what I would call the unwanted influences, and they're kind of taking it on, and they seem to transform those, those lower frequencies or whatever, and kind of heal things. Have you had that experience with your cats? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Or how would you explain it? Have, you know, that's kind of my experience with it, but I would love to hear your take on that as well. Well, I think so. I think they tune in. I think they know when something is amiss and I think they know and they do what they can. Usually it's just to be with you, to be present. Uh, some will, uh, you know, use your body warmth for their healing when they need it. Sometimes they will exchange that and give you their body warmth when they think you might need it, but they aren't on our same level. They wouldn't know that you just broke your arm. They wouldn't right. know what that is, but they would know that something isn't right because they tune in to the energy flow. So they're very receptive to what's flowing and what's not flowing. So if you are very sad and your energy is blocked in your heart chakra, for example, your cat's going to pick that up before anybody else in the family. And depending on your invitation to them to be part of that sadness or that grief, they may very well join you in that or they will stay away. But they are absolutely aware of what is happening energetically in your body and in your aura. They're, they're tuned into that. You have to set the invitation, though, to make sure that they feel that they're safe to enter into your private territory, just like you have to ask permission to enter into their private territory if they're healing or going through something, you know, which is 
you know, uh, why I wrote the book on the Bach flowers. We actually, the name of the, uh, the doctor, it's Dr. Edward Batch. They pronounce it Batch in England, but we call it Bach here. But those flowers are vibrational essences and they are the way that cats can heal faster than any other way. Unless of course they have an injury um, or a very bad infection that's caused by bacteria or a virus. But we can heal, help heal our cats emotionally by using the Bach flowers and the Bach flower remedies in their water, which is, you know, you don't have to give them a pill. You don't have to rub a cream on them. You have to, don't have to do anything. You can just allow them to be healed through vibrational uh, medicine and energy, which is how, you know, your original question is, is how they relate to us. It is energetically. Absolutely. It seems that dogs do that as well, but their, their energy about how they would approach you when they know you're down is, is more of a, in my experience, is more of a, just a state of being where the cat to me seems to be actually working on a different vibrational level. I don't know. That's just, that's just my opinion. Dogs are good about being with us and loving us always though. Well, I think a cat is yin energy and I think a dog is yang energy. And Mm. so the dog uh, wants to fix it. The dog wants to do something. The dog wants to lick you or be with you or sit by you. Uh, the dog is, is in action, whereas the cat is happy to just hold the space. Nice. I think that's a very, very good analysis. So what would spirit, if you were speaking for him now, what would spirit like <laughs> people to get the most out of this fabulous first autobiography, which means we're expecting more friends from this prolific cat. I can tell you that. So what would he like to leave us with? Well, I think he'd like you to know that uh, life is a journey and that everybody has difficulties and that the difficulties don't stop just because you have a nice house, that you still have to learn from the inside out and that every day is a lesson. Every day is a teachable opportunity and that your choices, whatever you choose has a result. And that's as a cat, as a human, any of those things. And then if you choose your partner to, to live your life with, then you two are going to kind of navigate the waters together and you'll both learn lessons. But his point, I think, is, is that you can't do it alone. You need somebody to love you and you have to love them back. And when you have that bond, you can take on anything you need to in this life. Absolutely. What a wonderful story. I absolutely adore these books. They are highly recommended. Friends, the links are below. You must check them out. And all of the amazing books from the fabulous Dr. Kak Young are amazing. We will put the links for them as well. Kak, you're a complete joy and such a dear friend and a treasured, treasured friend to me. And I love these books. I wish you tons of success. And really, I just so support this because it's so important that people remember these little animals are in the shelter and they need our help, yeah. you know, to survive. And the truth is when we help them, we're the ones that are receiving the biggest gifts of all. And you reminded us of this also in both of these books are absolutely highly, highly recommended. 
Yes, and I think that when we adopt a pet, it isn't just so that they can make us feel good and they're, they're not a stuffed toy. They require action and interaction and care. And that's where we grow. Yes. That's where we all grow together. Absolutely. All right, friends, another episode of Healing Arts. I hope that this has made your day. You're thinking about fuzzy, wonderful animals. <laughs> Have a blessed day and we will see you next time on Healing Arts. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you so much. I always love talking to you and being with you. And thank you for, for promoting the, the work of a cat. Hey, it's the best work of them all. I love it. <laughs> thank you so much, Cac. All right, we did it again. And we have talked to a cat on the Healing Arts Podcast. So I hope you have an amazing week. I hope you get out and enjoy the fall weather. Or even if you don't have good weather, like right now in Texas, it's very warm here. It's very unseasonably warm, which is a real drag, but I'm still going to get out there and enjoy this season. And so I hope that you have fun at Halloween. And I also want to remind you, I am going to be doing a costume party on Zoom on Halloween, which is on Sunday, October 31st, and it's free. You just have to send me an email at Shelly at ShellyCare.com, and I will send you a Zoom link so that you can join me for some conversation. And of course, you'll have to bring your own treats, <laughs> but it is a costume party. So it's a past life costume party meaning you can dress up. You can just wear a face mask if you don't have anything. But theoretically, the idea is to dress as somebody you used to be in a former life. So I hope you'll come over and say hi, because I would love to see you. So have a blessed week and you take care. Namaste. And we'll see you next time on Healing Arts. Hi friends, Dr. Shelley here. Guess what? You're not going to believe this. I have another book coming out from Llewellyn Worldwide. It will be out on December 8th and it's called Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. So earlier in the 2000s, I wrote a book series, which I have discussed on the Healing Arts Podcast about a phenomenon I call Supretravi spontaneous past life memories. This is when we're trying to mind our own business and yet we're hit with this picture, thought, or feeling about something that happened to us in the past. This was happening to me all the time while I was traveling to other places. And what I found through my research is that I truly believe this happens to every single person alive. The book has some incredible endorsements from people like Coast to Coast's George Nori and others. And it would mean the world to me if you will go out and pre-order my book so that you can have it before the holidays when it comes out on December 8th. So check out Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories, now available in pre-order on Amazon.com. And thank you so much for your support. Namaste.
You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Kerr. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady. <laughs>